Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is a great morning. It is a great morning. Why? If this is the only reason we can come up with, and that is that Jesus Christ is still the Lord of our lives. He is still our savior and he is still waiting for someone to come to him and say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to turn from the life that I now live in and turn to a life that gives you glory? Because if it does not give God glory, life is not worth living. So this morning, I want to say to you that Jesus himself, he is going to fight every battle. There are things that Jesus, that God allows us to go through. There are things and places and people that he allows to come into our lives, cross our path that he already knew that these people were going to be in our lives. He already knew that this thing was going to be a part of our lives, but he does not allow, I believe, anyone or anything to cross our path and become a part of our lives for a period, for a season, for us not to learn from it, for us not to be able to look back over that thing, over that relationship with that person and say, I learned that from going through that. I learned this from going through that. I am stronger now because I went through that. I am so glad that I have a deeper, stronger, more rooted, grounded relationship with Christ because of that job that I was on, because of that family member that I could not let go of. But I am so thankful that God not only saw me through it, but I learned from it and I'm stronger because of it that thing that God allowed. And now I am able to effectively and wholeheartedly help someone else to go through the same thing that God allowed me to go through, but that he brought me out of. Do not stay stuck in a place where God is clearly showing you the fruit of that thing, the fruit from that place. And you decide to, well, I'm just going to stay. Let me tell you, that that is only fear. And God did not give you that. He didn't give that to me. He will never give us fear of a person, a place or a thing or a moment or a feeling or a desire. He will never give us fear over anything in the name of Jesus. So today <clears throat> I want to share with you some scriptures that I pray will help you as they have helped me. We have to ask God, God, what is it in my life that you want me to take as a lesson learned so that I can turn around and be a blessing to other people? Because if we don't learn the lesson, we're not going to be able to teach it to anybody else. So my prayer in the name of Jesus is that whatever the lesson that God needs us to learn Wherever we are in life, 
that he knows is going to be able to be used for his glory to turn around and help another lost person to help someone else who barely is making it from moment to moment because they need a word from the Lord. They just need to know, hey, somebody else went through that, but that God brought them out. God's going to bring me out. We have to ask God, what lessons is it that he wants us to learn and don't linger in the lesson? Because if you linger in the lesson, you won't be able to move forward to be a teacher, to be a helper to someone else, to assist them to come from up out of their dark, dreary place, to come from up out of that trench, to come from up out of the muck and the mire. But God wants us to learn our lessons and he wants us to trust him as he brings us out of those lessons, never to go back. And this morning, I want to talk to you about from the word of God, what he says about our enemies. We want to perceive God as this. He's only a loving God. He's only a nurturing God. He's only a gift giving God, but God is a God of wrath. He is a God that tears down. He is a God that fights. He is a God that goes to war for his children. And sometimes we need to say that out loud and remind ourselves that I'm not in this fight alone, but his word says that the battle is not ours, but it belongs to him. And God also tells us that we need to encourage ourselves because sometimes they may not get that text in time enough to pray for you. They may not be able to get to the phone in time enough for you to tell them all the things that are happening that you need them to pray for. They may not be able to get to that email. So you have to be able to encourage yourself. And sometimes that takes every bit of strength out of you. But when we are weak, God is strong. You see how he's given us an answer for everything that we go through in life. We have to know that God is a God who is going to avenge for his children. There is a day of reckoning for our enemies. And that is what I want to talk to you quickly about today is what God says about our enemies. Now, the word of God, Matthew 5 and 44, it says, I'm going to start at 43. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, he's not saying we're never going to make a mistake. Be perfect. I believe what he is saying is be perfect in love. You cannot go wrong 
when you are being perfect in love. And love is an action word. So if you have an enemy, you love that person. Because then, what did the word just say? You're basically, and it's not basic because being a child of God is nothing basic. But you are the children of God. And it may be a learned behavior, something you have to learn to do. But because the word says it, you better do it only because the word said it. Not because big mom and them went for bad. Not because you can call a, a, a slew of hoods to come and fight for you. Not because you can call your big brother. Not because you can call your sister or your cousin who carry a switchblade in their purse, in their church purse. No, you better do it because the word tells us to do it. That should be your only motivation is that the word, the inspired word of God tells us to do so. And I was reading over in the book of Exodus where it was also speaking about our enemies. And it tells us that God himself will be an enemy to our enemies. And he will take care of those who oppress us. God said that that's what he would do. And I'm so thankful that his word is true. And I am believing that his word is going to be true. And every man a liar. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so very, very, very thankful for that. Yes. And I thank God. And I thank God, <clears throat> I think it may have been like a little space in between what I just said. And I also thank God that his word also says, and I'm believing this because it's in his word and it's true, that when Moses told the people, hey, don't be afraid, stand firm and watch the deliverance that God is going to give you today. And now these Egyptians you see, you will see no more. And so I'm saying to you and I am saying to me, no matter who your Egyptian is, no matter who your enemy is, I don't care who it is. God says that he will be an enemy to your enemy. That is what God says. And he's going to oppose those who oppose us. That's what his word says. But you make sure that you are in right standing with God. You can't come to God. It's like going to court. You can't go to court with dirty hands and expect God to fight for you. You can't go to God having cussed people out and just cussed them out real good and talked about their mama and talked about their daddy and talked about how they ain't this and how they ain't that. And you went tip for tap. You went blow for blow. You did just what they did. Like um, I heard, I watch Atlanta House, the Housewives of Atlanta and Candy Burris told um, told Marlo, she said, I'm not Michelle Obama. When you go low, I'm going low with you. We can't take that position and continue to think that God is pleased with that. There is a day of reckoning and a day of reckoning can come for us, especially when God has given us his word. We've heard the word. We know what the truth is, but we continue believing that we can do what we want to do. We can say what we want to say. We cannot do it. 
and think that God is going to get any glory out of that. Ask yourself a question moving forward. Is God getting the glory out of this? Is God getting the glory out of me being angry, prideful, puffed up, stubborn, stiff necked fornicating, adulterating. Is he getting the glory out of that? Me being a thief, me being a liar, me being promiscuous, me not being a good mother, me not being a good father, me not being the son or the daughter that I know that I'm supposed to be to my parents. Is God getting any glory out of this? If God is not getting any glory out of it, you better try to get out of it. If God is not getting any glory out of it, you better try to walk away from it. You better try to ask him for a strategy, a strategy to get you out of it. No longer is this excuse acceptable. Well, we all got sin. Well, can't nobody judge me. Well, so-and-so did it. Well, big mama did it. Well, cousin Tutu did it. Well, they doing it over there. Ain't nobody saying nothing to them. Can't nobody say nothing to me. Who you looking at? Don't you don't knock the stick off my shoulder. You better not step on my toe. You you better come from out of that because we can no longer say that we call on God. Oh, yes, I believe in God. And yeah, I prayed last night and and blah, blah, blah. You only call on him when you need something. But when it comes time for him to chastise you, when it comes time for him to chastise me, oh, then we don't, we all in our feelings. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. I know the word just like you do. You better get out of your feelings and you better put that under subjection because I say this to you in love. God is getting ready to do something major. He's allowed the wheat and the tares to grow up together. The good and the bad to dwell together. The beautiful and the ugly to dwell together. The evil and the good and the sweet and the salty and the joy and the anger. He's allowed all of that stuff to just mix together. And now he's doing the separating. He's separating the right from the wrong. He's standing up for his children. He's making the path bigger and wider for his children to have room to build up, to put stuff over here, to put our children over there, to put that right there, to remove that. To He's making everything bigger and better. For his children. But the path of destruction is also wide. So you have to be mindful of whose side you're going to be on. You have to be mindful of what the enemy has sent and what God has sent. And although God allows things to happen in our lives, whether it's good or bad, you still need to pray and ask God to give you his eyes to see and your ears to hear. Because no longer can we walk in excuses. We can no longer walk in excuses. And I heard a woman of God preach a message on Sunday. And she said that, could it be that we have made ourselves our own God? Could it be? That we have so nonchalantly just put God on the back burner. And yeah, we, if somebody asks us, yeah, I believe in God. But do your ways please him. Yeah, I believe in God. But have you died to your flesh? 
Yeah, I believe in God, but have you surrendered every part of your life to him? Yeah, I believe in God. Well, are you raising your children under the word of God or are you teaching them to be envious if somebody is envious of them? Are you teaching them to go tip for tap or are you teaching them to think about what would Jesus do? We've made that a joke, but you better take it seriously. What would Jesus do? What would he do? What would he do? When we're being oppressed on every hand, what would Jesus do when you're being hated and ridiculed and talked about and call every name other than a child of God by your loved ones, people you grew up with, people that you were in the same household with, perhaps that's not my story, but maybe it's your story. What 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 are you doing? What are you doing differently? than what big mama did. What are you doing differently to show God? I'm willing to let this go. If you just hold my hand and love me through it, I know that your way is the best way. You can no longer say, oh, I love the Lord. And he heard my cry. Yeah. Yeah. He heard your cry, but he heard your cry and he helped you Because he wanted you to see how much he loved you enough to bring you out so that you could come fully over to his side. God is not a knickknack. He's not a -a bric-a-brac. He's not a, 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 a decoration that we set out when we want our living where we live to look pretty. When we're having company, we want to put the Bible on the table. But when company leaves, we put the Bible up. We don't even pick it up to read it so that we can get closer to him. And the only way we're going to get closer to him and have a heart like his is through his word. It's through dying to our flesh. And all of us, each and every one of you, under the sound of my voice, all of us, we have something that we need to die to in our flesh. Daily, we crucify the flesh daily, but you better make your mind up whose side you're going to be on because God takes enemies seriously. Either you're going to be an enemy to the world or you're going to be an enemy to God because you can't expect God to fight your enemies When you're an enemy of God, you just, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up spiritually to me on paper, but do know that God will fight every battle. It's hard. It's not easy. Sometimes we're on a good path. We're doing good. We are submitting to God and we are resisting the enemy. And we're watching him flee because first we got to submit to God. We got to submit to him first. Then we resist the enemy and then he will flee. But I want us to begin to take living for Christ so seriously, so seriously. 
We are about our busy lives, getting up, going to work, going grocery shopping, doing things for our children, doing things for our spouses, doing things for our special man friend, our special lady friend. We're busy doing things. We're busy at work. We're busy doing things uh, with our families. We're busy making this plan and this plan to go on this trip and to do this and to do, do, to do that. But have we stopped to make the time to say, God, what is it that I owe you? What is it that I'm so if it's only you spending a special set aside time, if it's only five minutes, if it's only 10 minutes, what have you done? What have you done? What have I done that can really tap on the heart of God to get his attention? And I say that because not if. But that the Bible says that there is a day of reckoning for the enemy, that there is a day of reckoning when God is going to come in and clean up shop, when he's going to come in and separate the wheat from the tares. When there is in the word where God says clearly that there are false prophets and there are good prophets, there are righteous prophets that he has sent because God says that that means that God is going to send someone that is going to speak into your life. But you got to be able to hear from God to know if it's a false prophet or if it's a true prophet sent from God. This thing, this life that we live in, it is, it will tear you up. It will, it will eat you up and it will spit you out. It will have you walking as if everything is okay. But you have left God out. You have, And we have to move past the point to where we think giving him a little bit of crumbs over here. Giving him a little bit of crumbs over there. And your heart is not even in the crumbs that you're giving him. I can see you setting aside five or 10 minutes because of your schedule that you're going to spend with God. But your heart ain't even in that because you feel like, oh, let me go ahead and check this off the list. Let me go ahead and do this when you're not doing it because you want to hear from him and you need to give him everything. You need to pour out everything. Your heart is not even in that. So you just wasted your time. So I said all of that to say this. God is. God is, God is going to fight our enemies. And there will be a day when I will get back on this podcast and I will share a testimony of something that God has done in my life. And some of you might say, oh my God, I didn't even know. You didn't even sound like you were going through such a thing. And then there will be some of you who have been in the trenches with me and you will say, I knew God was going to work it out for you. I knew God was going to do something. And we have to understand it is our position to pray. But know this, nobody knows everything but God. We can ask God to teach us how to pray But sometimes we do pray amiss. And sometimes what we're praying for, what we're needing God to do in certain areas of our lives, on our jobs, with the family, with the church and all of this. God may not answer the way that we've asked him to answer. But just as long as he answers is what we need. 
And then we still hold on to him and say, God, I still trust you. You are still my Lord and my Savior. But get your affairs in order. Get your life straight with Jesus Christ. He's not playing. He's real. He's not just this this mushy, mushy, cuddle, snuggle up next to him. God on the sofa. God is a God of wrath. He is a God who avenges. He is a God who takes sin seriously. He takes it seriously. He takes it seriously. And he said that he would have no other God before him. And this world, this world has made so many idol gods from the president, the White House, all of its leaders. We've made celebrities gods. We've made in it, the NFL, we've made them gods. We've made the NBA, we've made them gods. We've made our jobs our God. But God said, I will not have any other God before me. I'm not even going to make my son a God. No, I'm not going to put him up on a pedestal. But I put him in God's hands. But God said he would have no other God before him. So if your job is who you're serving 100%, God's going to take it from you. If you've put your children in God's place, you better get them from out of God's place. You better get them from out of God's place. I'm going to just word it like that. You better get them from out of God's place. If you've made your significant other a God, you better get them out of God's place. You better do it and you better do it fast. You better repent and you better do it fast and you better put God in his rightful place because he said he will have no other God before him. Nobody's going to take his shine. Nobody's going to take his glory. Nobody's going to steal his thunder. In the name of Jesus. So God, right now we just come before you. And we come before you asking you to renew in us a right spirit and create in us a clean and a pure heart. God, be a wall of fire all around us, around our children, around wherever we go, that the things of old would no longer penetrate our hearts and our minds. They would no longer keep us perplexed and baffled and stunned and in limbo, not knowing what to do. But God, you have raised us up to a higher place in you. And God, we thank you for that high place to be able to be seated with you and next to you at your feet because you love us so much. And God, we just surrender every enemy. We surrender our jobs. We surrender if it's a loved one, we surrender them to you. Whatever it is, whoever it is, whatever the enemy is, God, we surrender them. We surrender it to you right now. And we say we've done everything that we can do. We've said everything that we can say and we commit them now into your hands. We commit it into your hands. And I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you prepare us both mentally, spiritually, emotionally and mentally for how you are going to remove these now enemies out of our lives for once and for all. We thank you for washing away our residue, our residualness of the past. We thank you for sweeping everything up into one big pile 
and you're blowing it back into the wind. You're making these mountains and these boulders, you're crushing them into ashes and you're blowing them into the sea in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you, God, that we are different, that we are new, that we are stronger, that you have given us a face like flint, that you have made our outside tougher. You've made our hearts tougher by covering it in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray for our enemies that before it is too late, that they will come to know you in your fullness. And for those, God, that you have said, they're not going to change. Just leave them in my hands. But I'm going to strengthen you to be prepared for what I'm about to do. God, we receive it in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray, God, that you be glorified today, that you be high and lifted up, and that you be Lord and Savior in the lives of your children. And it is in Jesus' name I pray forever and a day. Amen and amen. God bless you. Continue to pray for me. I'm going to continue to pray for you. Surrender your life to Christ. Come on back over to the Lord's side. He's waiting. Pass this podcast to two people that you know need to hear a word of warning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I love you and goodbye.